right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the deal finding training, the off-market leads edition. Thank you all for joining us, um, spending your time um, in quarantine here. I hope you're all doing well. Um, so greetings from Austin. I hope uh, wherever you're tuning in from, you're doing well as well, staying safe, staying healthy. Again, welcome to the Deal Finding Training Off-Market Leads Edition. My name is Joseph Sunderlich Cruz with Real Estate IQ. So that being said, so thank you again for being here. Real Estate IQ is number one in deal finding, and we offer over 45,000 leads for distressed and motivated sellers to our clients every single month. We are in Texas. Uh, we are in certain markets in Florida and Georgia as well right now. Um, and of course, we are looking to be uh, nationwide in the next uh, in the near future so i'd love to hear from you as well uh, what other markets you're all interested in so um, type that into the chat box if um, uh, if you're investing especially outside of texas i want to hear from you i want to see um, where you're all investing all right just a little bit of information about myself um, thank you pedro so you're investing in houston and and uh, florida Orlando and Tampa. Excellent, excellent. Um, so a bit more about myself. So my name is Joseph Sandela Cruz. I am the product manager for Real Estate IQ. Um, and I am currently overseeing the, uh, the sales and business development for the Austin and San Antonio market. I think we had a couple people joining from Austin. So greetings. Always good to have some fellow Austinites in the room as well. Uh, my background is uh, in corporate America as a software engineer, so I focused on data, automation, and computer vision, uh, but I left that world. Um, so I was there for about six or seven years, and then I've been investing now for about two and a half years, um, mainly in Central Texas, doing uh, buy and holds, fix and flips, um, and other, other various strategies. So. I got involved with uh, real estate investing actually before I met Real Estate IQ, uh, but over the years I've, I've actually, you know, the story is I was actually first a, a client of Real Estate IQ and I was working a lot of the off-market leads that Real Estate IQ provided. I was able to close uh, the first deal I ever did um, on the right here was a deal I got by working the Real Estate IQ um, HOA um, HOA uh, liens list, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, so I've been able to kind of consistently do some deals by working the off-market leads, uh, but I definitely don't want um, you just to hear from me. I want you to hear from some of our clients as well. So let me quickly play this uh, testimonial from one of our, uh, one of our clients um, in the, uh, the Dallas area. Hey guys, we're here at uh, Quest Trillion Dollar Mixer right here. And I'm talking to Omero Corona. He's just made more than $100,000 with Real Estate IQ. Could you tell us about your story? Yeah, how's everybody doing? Omero Corona here at the uh, Quest Trust uh, Trillion Dollar Mixer. Really excited to share all my testimony and my story with uh, Real Estate IQ. So over the last, uh, you know, about six, seven months, I've been using uh, their platform and getting some of their uh, lists 
and I was able to uh, finish my first flip recently where I was able to net about 85000 and in total, I think I've uh, been able to make about $100,000 with Real Estate IQ and their tools. So really excited to share this uh, great uh, you know, company with you guys and definitely uh, give it a shot. I think you guys uh, will take advantage of all the tools and uh, it will be profitable for you and your company. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So uh, with our deal finding training, this is kind of a... Uh, an interesting time to mention our company guarantee. So what we, what we live by is that you can always find a deal with Real Estate IQ. We're tapping into so many different lead sources, uh, so many uh, different varieties of leads that we really believe that uh, with the right strategy, um, with the right marketing technique, you can always find a deal with us. Um, and there's always opportunity. You know, even in the current situation, um, as, as uh, negative, uh, as kind of unfortunate as the current situation is, uh, there's going to be plenty of opportunity in the coming months. And we want to position you in the uh, position you well to take advantage of those opportunities that are coming up. So as our as the company is named Real Estate IQ, we always uh, what we firmly believe is that you should always be taking the time to educate yourselves, stay on top of the market, and improve your real estate IQ, your, your real estate intelligence quotient. So to do that, um, please, please, please ask questions. Um, share your experience with others, too. Um, there's, you know, even though the networking, the in-person networking opportunities are more limited now, there's more and more opportunities for online networking. Feel free to share your experience too in the chat window and network as well. You might find someone else that you'll be able to do deals with, um, wholesale your deals to someone else, partner, collaborate. Uh, this is all about networking. And uh, of course, take action. There's no better time than today to take action. Um, there's going to be plenty of opportunities uh, over the coming months. And again, we want to position you for that uh, to take advantage of any opportunities that may arise. And then we are also excited to announce that we have completely redesigned our website. So go to realestateiq.co. Uh, we have a fantastic system and marketplace there where you can, uh, you can network with other people. You can find vendors for your power team. You can also find out how you can get involved with Real Estate IQ. Uh, to grow your business, uh, to grow your, your circle of influence in the real estate investment community as well. So definitely check out our new website, realestateiq.co. That is not a typo, it is .co, not .com. All right, um, that being said, let's jump into the, the presentation, uh, which is going to cover off-market leads. But I do have to cover one, one more topic here real quick. Um, Off-market leads are all about um, finding you the deal, um, uh, doing the marketing so that you can get leads uh, and close those leads. But uh, we, I do want to call attention to the fact that once you do have leads, you also need the ability to do analysis of those potential leads to see if you've got a deal or not. And we do have tools for that. That's our deal analysis suite where you can run comps with our FACIMA tool. You can do repair estimation with a repair estimator and kind of analyze the, uh, the deal down to uh, line by line items on the, the return on investment, the, um, the internal rate of return, all those statistics uh, that you would usually see in a, a complex financial analysis. We've got tools for that. Again, that's not the focus of today, but I just did want to mention that we do have those tools available. 
if you're interested in seeing a bit more about those tools, you can schedule that uh, demo uh, and consultation with us. So that being said, what we are going to focus on today is on the deal finding side, specifically on off-market leads. Um, so the off-market leads that we offer in our platform presently uh, are listed here. This is actually um, a list that is constantly evolving and constantly growing. So the leads we offer here are uh, commonly used right now, uh, and we have a lot of investors finding a lot of success with these particular lead types. So uh, pre-foreclosure, pre-pre-foreclosure, probate, the affidavit of airship leads, evictions, divorce, loan modifications, and then there are three types of liens. Actually, one of them is not shown here. HOA liens, which is the, uh, the homeowner association liens, uh, mechanics liens for uh, when uh, a particular individual has not paid their contractor, the contractor can place a mechanics lien on their property. We also do have hospital liens. Uh, that's another lead type that we offer. We have code violations by city. We've got delinquent taxes and tax sales. So we're going to jump into each one of these lead types um, and, and discuss them in detail. And this is really where I'd like to get input from you in the audience. Um, what are you interested in or what questions do you have about these lead types? Um, I'll, I'll add some of my commentary here, um, specifically with pre-foreclosures and evictions given the current state uh, of the pandemic and how that's impacting pre-foreclosures and evictions. But I'd love to hear from you all as well. What are your thoughts about these lead types? Are there other lead types that, um, that you'd like to hear about uh, or that you work that are not shown here on this list? So let's keep it an open conversation. And um, that being said, we'll jump into each of these lead types now. All right. So with pre-foreclosure, um, this is a, uh, this is a common lead type uh, that's used across the real estate uh, investment industry. Um, Pre-foreclosure deals with uh, people who are delinquent on their mortgages. Uh, so the steps for these leads, number one, the lender. Uh, of course, the lender notices obviously that the, the borrower has not been paying the mortgage and they provide some notice to the borrower of default and an intention to proceed with a foreclosure process. The key here is that this is not, at least here in Texas, this is not publicly posted or recorded with the county. So when, when, someone, uh, when someone says, hey, I'm working the, the notice of default lists um, or, um, or some kind of equivalent list, we actually don't have that here in Texas because that is not publicly recorded. So only the bank and the borrower, that's communication between the bank and the borrower. Um, there are lead types where you can get, um, you might be able to get a, a, a notice of default uh, list from someone and they say that it's valid for Texas, but what they might be doing is modeling someone's delinquency based on their credit score. So as soon as you're 30 days late on your mortgage payment, your credit score is gonna dip. And the longer, you know, when it goes to 60 days or 90 days, there's going to be a, another, you know, there's gonna be more impact on your credit score. So if you buy a list here in Texas and it is, um, you know, the notice of default or a, um, an early pre-foreclosure list, what you might be buying is a modeled list that says, okay, based on the fact that this person is a homeowner and their credit score has dropped, um, they are 
likely to be in foreclosure. But that's not what we, we want to focus on. We want to focus on actual uh, publicly recorded events uh, that can guarantee, that can really tell us that, okay, there is something really going on with this particular person in this situation. So the first of those uh, two lead types uh, in terms of chronological order is called the appointment of substitute trustee lead. Uh, now bear with me, some of these terms kind of get into the, the legal jargon and the nitty gritty. Um, but the idea here is that the lender, for example, Wells Fargo, is not in the business of owning homes or foreclosing on people. So you don't see Wells Fargo show up at the foreclosure auction and auction off the homes. You see an attorney or a law firm that that lender has appointed. So that's what we call the appointment of substitute trustee. So um, when the appointment of substitute trustee is hired by the, by the bank, um, occasionally, and I say I use the term occasionally because it doesn't happen all the time. Uh, occasionally, that appointment of the substitute trustee is recorded with the county, um, and that is what we call the appointment of substitute trustee lead. And the only reason that the bank does that is because they are gearing up for carrying out the foreclosure. So in a way, it's, it's an early lead to the pre-foreclosure lead because we know the, the lender is getting ready to carry out the foreclosure. They've hired and they've appointed the substitute trustee to, to take care of the foreclosure. And that is something that is, um, that is publicly recorded. So for those of you who are already Real Estate IQ users, that is what you will see in your, your email list every day as the appointment of substitute trustee lead. So after the lender appoints the substitute trustee, they go a step further and then they schedule the date for the foreclosure. Uh, so here in Texas, under normal circumstances, the foreclosures are carried out every Tuesday, uh, the first Tuesday of every month here in Texas. And by law, the lender has 21 days before that auction date to file um, a document in the county courthouse saying that this particular property is going to be auctioned out on this day, you know, this Tuesday uh, at this particular point, in, um, you know, 10 a.m. Is, is 10 a.m. Or, or 1 p.m. or whatever time it is. Um, so the, the, the idea here is that once this document is filed, uh, it's the final step before the property will actually uh, go to auction. In other words, everything else has already been taken care of. All that remains is, uh, is for that auction to take place. So this is the point in time at which the particular, uh, the borrower is going to be the most motivated. Uh, so this is, these are excellent leads because they, they have the highest level of motivation out of all the lead types that are out there. You know, you can imagine if someone told you, you have 21 days before you lose, you know, before you lose your house to the auction. That's, that's pretty much as, as motivated as anyone can be. In, in the spectrum of, of motivations, right? So that is what we call the pre-foreclosure lead. It's called pre-foreclosure because the property hasn't gone into foreclosure yet. The property will go into foreclosure once uh, it is actually sold at the auction. So we still call this a pre-foreclosure lead, um, but it is, it is pretty much the, the last step before uh, the home goes into foreclosure. So the commentary here that I want to interject, given the current situation with uh, coronavirus and the pandemic, I'm sure you've all heard that um, 
uh, HUD, HUD back the, the housing and uh, the Department of Housing and Urban Developments, uh, which backs the FHA loans, as well as Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Uh, so basically all conventional mortgages, uh, FHA mortgages and all that, there is a temporary suspension of foreclosures. So a lot of our clients are saying, well, maybe I shouldn't work the pre-foreclosure list anymore because you know, foreclosures are, are basically being postponed. However, uh, what's important to note here is that um, they're just being suspended. It doesn't mean that you know, when things pick up again, uh, you know, all the debt is going to be wiped out. The homeowners who are currently in the situation of pre-foreclosure are basically being given more time to deal with the situation. So they might, they might not be as motivated as if there was, you know, the, the auction taking place as, as normally, you know, um, the first Tuesday of April or the first uh, Tuesday of, um, of May. But the fact is that they're in this situation because they're behind on their payments um, and it's a sign of some kind of distress. So even though they might not be as motivated right now, you know, they, they've had, they have some time, they have more time than, than in normal circumstances to work through their situation. They will still need help, um, especially given the impact to the economic, uh, to the economy. They are likely still going to need help. So people ask me, is it still worth uh, marketing and, and reaching out to these people in pre-foreclosure, I would say absolutely yes, but understand that they're not going to be as motivated now because they know there's some, you know, they bought themselves some more time um, and we don't know for sure how long, you know, these, for, these foreclosure um, uh, suspensions will, will happen, you know, how long it will continue to happen. It's, the situation is developing as we speak, so no one knows, but uh, they will still need help, and uh, that's the one thing you should understand. If you reach out to them now, the timeline is not going to be as immediate as it was in the past. You know, the auction is not going to happen in 21 days. But if you if you follow up with these leads, um, I, I do believe a large percentage of these people are going to need help, uh, if not now, uh, in a couple months down the down the line. So as uh, Steve is mentioning as well. Um, it's a good time to have a nurturing attitude. So exactly. So what you're doing is building the rapport, uh, helping these people out in this time, uh, building that relationship. So then when they do need the help later on, maybe in three or four months, you'll be the first person that they call. But again, just the takeaway here is the urgency is, is temporarily removed, um, but there's still fantastic leads to work they might just take a little bit more time and effort to nurture those leads uh, and to convert them. So that being said, uh, with the pre-foreclosure side, does anyone have any uh, questions here uh, on the pre-foreclosure, the appointment of substitute, uh, substitute trustee lead? Please go ahead and type that into the chat window if you've got any questions. Um, what I want to show to you is um, is a pretty insightful chart that we offer to our, our clients. And actually for, for you all for attending today, you will have the opportunity to get a copy of these heat maps. Um, I've localized, I'm showing it localized to Austin as I'm from Austin, uh, but you're welcome to, to let us know if you, uh, at the end of the presentation, you'll be given the opportunity to get a copy of these heat maps localized to your market. 
Um, so if you're in DFW or in Houston, you can get a copy. Or if you're in San Antonio, you can have the, the heat map for your area. So this is just an example that shows you uh, some of the analytics that we work on on a regular basis. Uh, so we take a look at the entire metro area and we'd like to map out where uh, where are the kind of geographic areas where there are more foreclosures typically. So the map is laid out such that um, you can see the zip code boundaries here um, and the darker the color, the more foreclosures there are in that particular zip code. So um, Herman asks a great question, how do you use the heat map to your advantage? Uh, so let's, let's think about uh, your marketing techniques, right? So let's say you're sending uh, mailers and you want a very wide audience. You don't just want to target people who are in foreclosure, but you want to target people who might be in very early stages of foreclosure. Well, statistically speaking, these zip codes that are shown here contain a higher proportion, a higher percentage of people who are going into foreclosure. Uh, and this is, this is consistent. If you look at the map, the, the heat map throughout the year, you'll see that there are always these zip codes that show up on the heat map. So if you wanted to do an entire, if you wanted to mail an entire zip code, that's something that we at Real Estate IQ can help you out as well. We can uh, give you a list of all the properties in a certain zip code. Um, we can also help you partner with, um, with printing companies to fulfill those, uh, those orders so that you could say, hey, I wanna mail uh, this entire zip code because uh, these people are more statistically likely to be in foreclosure. Uh, Herman says you, you see no zip codes. So get in touch with us when you get a copy of the, the heat map report. Uh, we can also send you, we can also indicate which zip codes these correspond to. Uh, but just FYI, for those of you uh, who are familiar with Austin, the dark red here is 78660, that's Pflugerville. Um, the second darkest red here is in Cedar Park, and then up here is uh, Colleen. So Steve asks, can the date range be adjusted for the heat map? So we provide the heat map every single month. So you can go back and look through the historical uh, statistics, um, and then you can kind of see that there's, there's a similar trend. These, these zip codes are, are pretty common, um, regardless of the, the, the month uh, of the year. So another strategy here would be if you're using bandit signs, you know, I, I'm sure you've seen on the side of the road, you know, the signs that say we buy houses, uh, we close fast, we pay all cash and, and whatnot. So if you're looking for a zip code to place bandit signs, this heat map is, uh, will help you kind of identify, hey, these are good zip codes to place the bandit signs. So that's another way that you can leverage this information on the pre-foreclosure side. So great questions, I'll keep them coming. Um, I'm gonna move on to the next lead type. Um, but if you've got any questions, if you think of something else with pre-foreclosure, feel free to type that in as well. The next off-market lead type is the probate or the affidavit of airship list type. So these are similar in the sense that they involve uh, a decedent. So someone who has passed away uh, who owns real estate. So with the probate case, it's a, it's a lead where the decedent, uh, the person who's passed away, they owned real property and they, had, they, they wrote a will and they put that in place to convey the property to the heirs that they specified in the will. So uh, here in Texas, 
you have um, four years from the date of death. So let's say someone passes away, they have a will in place. Um, the heirs have four years to put that, um, that will through probate, um, uh, through basically a court process uh, to make, to enact that will and to, you know, to, um, to gain uh, legal ownership of, uh, of the property. So outside of the four years, and also if the decedent didn't have a will to begin with, if they, if they died intestate, that's the term. Uh, if you don't, if you pass away without having a will, you, you die intestate. Um, you can, your heirs can still claim ownership of your property, but that is through a process called the affidavit of heirship. So that's a lead where the decedent owns uh, real property, but there was no will in place um, or the heirs waited too long, you know, more than four years to probate um, the will. So this is, so these are two lead types here. Um, so the probate lead type and the affidavit of heirship lead type are two uh, off-market lead types that we offer. Uh, and we are constantly scouring the county records for this information. We do all the, the hard work for you. I'm not sure if, if anyone has ever gone to the courthouse to mine a probate lead. Let me know in the chat window because actually I've, I've done it and it is, it is tedious. So <laughs> here in Travis County, you can go to the courthouse, you can request all the probate files and they literally pull out a, a drawer full of, um, of you know, cab, uh, filing cabinet drawer and they pull out a probate file and you've got to read through, you know, 20, 30 pages of documents to extract the information you need. Uh, some counties in Texas, for example, in Bear County, they still do not offer electronic access of the probate records. So to this day, for some of those counties, we still send people physically to the courthouses to mine these leads. Um, so they are fantastic leads though. They are very, very, um, very well, um, uh, you can get very good results with the probate list. The one thing you need to keep in mind though, of course you're dealing with a sensitive topic. Uh, there was a death involved here. So that's something you have to be mindful of. Uh, but number two, the time frame on probate leads is much more stretched out relative to some of the other leads here. With a, uh, a pre-foreclosure list, for example, you know that there is a limited period of time before um, the property is lost uh, to the auction. With the probate list, you know, the probate process can drag out for, for a year um, and it might take the heirs, you know, a couple of years to be in, you know, emotionally in the right place before they even pass the, you know, the, the, the uh, will through probate court. So these are typically leads that, um, that take, they have a longer runway, uh, a longer uh, period of time where you have to kind of, you reach out to the heirs, um, um, you follow up with them, uh, and it could, it could take a year um, to close these leads, but they are fantastic leads as well because in many, many cases, um, the heirs may be in a position where, number one, they don't want to own real estate, um, or number two, they're not actually able to carry the responsibility of owning real estate. So for example, if the heirs live halfway across the country, um, it's extremely inconvenient for them to own real estate or to have to deal with, um, deal with getting the property ready to be listed, um, selling it and all that. 
So <clears throat> there are a lot of opportunities where you, come, you can come in and help out, uh, help out the heirs. And instead of them owning the real estate, you can just pay them the cash. They can move on uh, and not have to deal with, uh, with the real estate. And the idea here is real estate to some people is really, it's a liability. You know, they have to pay the property taxes, they have to do the maintenance and all that. So uh, that's where we as the investors can come in and offer the solution. And instead of owning the real estate, you can just sell it for cash uh, and be done with it um, very quickly. So one of, the, uh, one of the things that we allow you to do with our probate leads is to figure out if the heirs uh, who are filing for probate live in the subject property or if they do not live in the subject property. And that is very, very interesting because if the heir lives in the property, then immediately you can see that there's, there's less, there's, there's a bit, um, there, there's less of a chance that they might be interested in selling the property compared to an heir who does not live in the subject property. So that's one of the, one of the things that we can, we provide with our probate leads is the ability for you to determine if it is, um, it's occupied, you know, the property is occupied by the heir or if it's not occupied by the heir. Um, so Ken asks, um, with the probate leads, uh, yeah, with the county clerk's offices being closed now. So for the counties that are doing things kind of electronically, um, then we're, we're in the clear there. So we can definitely still access those records. Uh, for the counties that are closed physically, that is going to pose a bit more of a challenge. Uh, we do have um, we do have a, a solution in place to kind of work around the issue. It's not as ideal in the sense that uh, we won't have as complete uh, an information set as we usually do when we can send people to the courthouses, but we still do have a way of figuring out um, if someone is filing for probate. So great question, Ken. Uh, if you want more details, um, definitely I can, um, I can stick around at the end of the presentation and provide you a bit more of those details. It really depends on what county you're talking about. The vast majority of the counties in Texas do operate kind of electronically with, um, with electronic filing for their courthouses. So we're, we're okay for the most part. Uh, Herman, you did have another question about the heat maps. Um, I'll address that uh, closer to the end here, uh, and we'll we'll get that uh, we'll get that fixed. Let's talk about evictions. Uh, so the eviction list is uh, again a lead type, and if you haven't seen the pattern already, all these lead types are filtered for people who own real property. You know, there's people who go through probate but don't own real estate. There's uh, you know there's uh, there's lots of cases here where you can, you can go out and buy these leads, but they're not necessarily already filtered for people who own real estate. So that is one thing that we, we do for you. Every lead type we offer is filtered already uh, to make sure that the person you are talking to actually owns real estate. Um, so same with the evictions list. Um, this is owner of some real property. And specifically for evictions, we are looking for um, single family or small multifamily owners um, who have initiated a lawsuit uh, to evict a tenant. So we specifically filter out, uh, to the best of our abilities, large apartment complexes, you know, um, you know apartment complexes that have 50 uh, or 100 doors. It's, 
it's kind of business as usual for them to evict tenants. So they're not necessarily going to be motivated just because they evicted one tenant out of their you know, 100 door apartment complex. So this lead type is really targeted to the smaller scale, you know, single family landlord or small multifamily landlord, where if, you, if that landlord does evict a tenant, that has a big impact on that landlord's uh, cash flow, right? So they've not only lost, you know, the fact that they're doing the eviction means that they haven't been receiving the rent payments for at least, I believe it's at least a month or two. They're going to have to uh, get the property ready, uh, another make ready to be listed for rent, uh, and then, you know, clean the carpets, redo paint. They're going to have to pay their property manager, um, assuming they have a property manager, they're going to have to pay the property manager a fee to find the new tenant. So if there's any point in time where a landlord is motivated, it would be during an eviction. So the evictions list is great for targeting landlords, tired landlords, um, especially here if they're an accidental landlord. Uh, you know, they've, for example, they, they own real estate and they moved out of, out of state or you know, out of the city for whatever reason and they decided, you know what, I'm gonna kind of dabble in this real estate thing. Uh, I think instead of selling my house, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna rent it out. Those are the perfect type of, uh, of people that once they go through one eviction, that could be the last straw and they decide, you know what, being a landlord is not for me, I just wanna get rid of this and not have to deal with, uh, with tenants and evictions. So the evictions list is a fantastic list, again, to work for, uh, for motivated landlords. The commentary here, again, given the current uh, coronavirus situation, um, similar to foreclosures, uh, evictions are being temporarily suspended as well. Um, and uh, we're not going to get into the, the impacts um, really on, on uh, landlords here or what the options are. But again, the idea here is that what you're doing is uh, you can still market to these people. Um, if anything, the current economic situation and the current um, you know, pandemic situation may cause them to become even more motivated over time, even though they have a temporary, um, you know, they might have some temporary relief because the landlord, if they're not receiving rent payments, they're going to have to talk to the lender for the mortgage, assuming they have a mortgage in place and they're going to have to work out some kind of forbearance plan, um, you know, even though the, they're not at immediate risk of, of being foreclosed on, uh, there's going to be a buildup of motivation over the next couple of months. Uh, so now might be a good time to get your, uh, you know, to get your brand in front of those landlords to let them know, hey, you know, I understand it's challenging times, um, you know, you've got options. Um, if you're interested in selling, reach out to me. And that, uh, you know, like Steve uh, had mentioned earlier in the chat, now is the time to nurture and build those relationships, uh, even though, um, you know, even though there's um, a bit of uncertainty right now as far as how evictions and foreclosures will pan out. So the next lead type we offer is the divorce list. So the divorce uh, list is something that we offer in, um, it's actually one of the newer lead types we have. So we offer that in the major, um, the major metro areas and the larger counties. So these are lead types where uh, a divorce lawsuit has been initiated. And again, real property is associated with the lawsuit. 
Uh, we've filtered out all the divorce cases where there's no real property involved. Uh, and the idea here is that uh, when there's real property involved, uh, that you can come in and offer the solution that um, you know, they can offload the property uh, in a quick and efficient manner rather than having to list the property and wait for it to sell. I think this is a great opportunity given that um, the market has already started to shift um, due to the current uh, pandemic. I think um, we, we, have, we have yet to see the full effects of this, um, but it might not be, it's, it, well, it's definitely not as easy now to sell a property by listing it on the MLS. So people who are going through a divorce situation now and they want kind of a clean and quick exit uh, of their current situation now more than ever might be a good time to reach out to these types of to these people and say hey, if you want to get rid of your property quickly without having to list it on the market with all the uncertainty of you know are we even going to be able to have open houses on these homes if you list it on the market what's the what are the days on market going to be like now given that uh, you know we're a lot of the areas we're in are shutting down you know, there's so much uncertainty here. You can step in and offer the certainty to these people. Uh, they can sell the house, um, go through the, the divorce lawsuit and, and kind of um, close that chapter of their life uh, as quickly and cleanly as possible. So with the divorce lead type, we offer you the information for both the, uh, the person filing for, so that's the, uh, the plaintiff and the defendant in the divorce case. If the lawsuit has already been completed, um, and, um, and a decision has been made, we also let you know if the, real, if the property was awarded to one of the two parties. So that's information that we provide in our leads as well. So of course, if the property was awarded to the plaintiff or the defendant, then you can reach out to the appropriate party uh, to see if they want to sell the, their property. All right, so that's the divorce lead type. Next is the loan modification. So loan modifications, this is something that um, I think is going to be very, very important to watch over the next couple of months, given the current um, situation. So a loan modification is uh, a lead in which the mortgager, the person, you know, the borrower has been approved by the lender to modify the terms of their original mortgage due to some kind of financial hardship. Uh, so in the current market conditions, um, that hardship could be the coronavirus. They're not able to, uh, to make their monthly payments. So the lender is going to come in and makes, you know, modify the original terms and say, okay, instead of paying the monthly mortgage um, this month, you can take that payment and add it on to the back end of the loan. So instead of the loan being due in, in 30 years, it'll be due, uh, it, it'll be paid off in 30 years and one month or however many months it takes to kind of uh, to catch up. Uh, so what I think that we'll start to see is a whole bunch of loan modifications uh, coming through over the next couple of months. Um, and hopefully in most cases, these people will be able to, uh, to move on with their life. They'll be able to catch up with the loan. Uh, but for many people, the loan modification, and this is a statistic that we see, a lot of people who go through a loan modification end up on the foreclosure list or even people who are on the loan modification list are simultaneously on the foreclosure list um, because the, the lender is kind of pursuing both options. They want to see, okay, is the borrower going to be able to 
qualify for the loan modification. If not, we're going to foreclose on them, which is kind of, it's unfortunate for the borrower, but a lot of banks do this. They'll put the, the, the borrower on both tracks for the loan modification and the foreclosure. Uh, if the loan modification falls through, then they'll proceed with the foreclosure. Um, a lot of our, a lot of people that we see that are on the loan modification, they might be able to to get by for a year or two, but unfortunately, a lot of them end up coming back onto the foreclosure lists, um, you know, because they're just not able to keep up. Um, so the loan modification is a fantastic list to work. Uh, but again, it is something that might require a bit more of a long-term nurturing um, and building that relationship with the, with the borrower. It might not pan out as quickly as the foreclosure list, uh, but I think there's a lot of potential here, especially uh, in the current situation. We're going to see a lot more mo loan modifications happen. And the very fact that these people need to modify their loan means that there is some underlying um, inability to make the payments, um, or some underlying situation uh, that may only be exaggerated uh, due to the current uh, pandemic. So the loan modification list um, is again mined every single day. We're checking the county records to see um, when uh, a loan modification is, uh, is posted with the county. The key here is that when we provide you the list of loan modifications, uh, that, that means the loan modification has been approved by the lender, and that's how we are able to see it. We cannot tell you if the borrower has started the loan modification process, but we can tell you uh, that the loan modification has been approved. Um, and if it's been approved, there's usually a period of time in which um, the, the borrower is kind of under a probationary period to see if they can fulfill the, the terms of the loan modification. So that's when you, uh, that's when we offer the lead to you. It's when the loan mod has been approved um, and you can start to reach out and market to the homeowner and say, you know, for example, congratulations, um, or we're glad to hear that the loan modification was approved. Uh, if you would like a, you know, a plan B, some kind of backup, or if things don't go well with the loan modification, we're here to help reach out to us. So that's, um, that's one way you can kind of approach the loan modification leads. All right. So I'm just checking the clock here to make sure we're good on time. Uh, so next we have liens. So liens, uh, we do have three types of liens, uh, HOA liens, mechanics liens, and also hospital liens. We're going to focus more on the HOA liens and the mechanics liens. Uh, hospital liens are a bit more complex uh, and I, we don't have the full amount of time to jump to dive into that topic. Uh, so if you're interested in hearing more about HOA liens, let me know in the chat window. We'll um, we'll work on uh, some additional content and maybe another session to, to focus in a bit more depth on those types of liens. Uh, but HOA liens, uh, these are liens in which the homeowner has unpaid HOA dues. Uh, the HOA association is allowed to foreclose on people uh, here in Texas. They just have to go through a slightly different process to foreclose on homeowners who haven't paid HOA dues, but it is, it is possible. I have seen people who have gone to foreclosure from the HOA. I've actually helped someone out of their particular HOA foreclosure situation. Um, so the thing is, 
HOA fees are typically are hopefully are a lot lot less than what uh, someone would be foreclosed on for uh, you know for their mortgage. So HOA dues can you know if you're in a condo here in Austin, for example, it could be 300, 350 bucks a month. Uh, but those can can kind of rack up um, you know over the years plus interest. It's not uncommon to see people going people being foreclosed on by the HOA for you know three or four thousand dollars um, but the idea here is that there's probably signs of some other motivation you know if you had to pick between the mortgage taxes and the HOA to pay the HOA is going to be the last person uh, that you you pay if you if you're at risk you know if you had to pay the bank the county or the HOA so oftentimes um, people going through foreclosure on the HOA, they're not delinquent on their taxes or their mortgage yet, but they're right at the, at the, at kind of the cusp, right at the edge of, of where they're struggling to make the payments. They've been able to make the bank payments, but you know, any uncertainty, any change in the economic situation might tip the scales and now they might start going delinquent on their other, you know, on their taxes or their mortgage. So the HOA lien list is, is a good one to work in that perspective that uh, they're not as motivated because they're, uh, they're, they're still current on their, on their mortgage, but maybe they're right at the, at the threshold at which they're about to go delinquent on their mortgage as well. Um, next, we do have um, mechanics liens. So these are liens in which the homeowner, for example, has hired a contractor to remodel their kitchen or um, you know replace the roof, uh, and the homeowner has not paid uh, that contractor or that supplier of labor and or materials. Uh, so the the contractor can place what's called a mechanics lien on the property. Uh, so this is another sign of motivation. Um, I don't, uh, you know, everyone, these are all just signals or, and signs that there's something that's not quite right in the situation. So you never know exactly what the motivation is until you reach out to them, until you get to know these, uh, these people's situation. But again, they're all signs of some kind of distress. So sometimes with the mechanics lien, it might just be some kind of legal dispute between the contractor and the homeowner. Uh, that they can resolve. Um, but if not, you know, if there really is a kind of financial motivation there, um, that's where uh, you can come in and kind of understand the situation. Maybe you can offer to, you know, if the home was being remodeled uh, so that they could list the house for sale, maybe you can step in, you know, um, buy the house, complete the rehab, pay the contractor and, uh, and exit the property that way. So you never know what the situation is until you reach out, you market, you get to uh, talk to the homeowners. But these are all, again, just signs of some kind of distress. Um, okay, so that is liens. Uh, next, we have code violations. So code violations are not at the county level, they're at the city level. And they basically are leads where you have the address, you have the name of, of an individual, uh, a homeowner who has failed to adhere to some kind of standard or rule for maintenance of their property as uh, set by the city. So most commonly you'll see um, homeowners with uh, overgrown grass or trash in the yard um, or uh, in the more severe case, um, a house that's actually structurally unsafe. You know, if the roof is caving in, if it's actually a danger, a hazard to people 
Um, those are all um, examples of code violations. Uh, so this list is what I would call a very large, and I, I call it a dirty list in the sense that, you know, there's tens of thousands of people who have code violations on their home, but they're not necessarily motivated. You know, if the grass is overgrown, maybe they just, they're out of town. They just forgot to, to call someone to come mow the lawn. And that doesn't mean they're motivated to sell their property, but there are definitely certain code violations and certain things that you can look at at the code violation list that help you narrow it down and clean and filter that list. So for example, if there's a code violation and the property is not occupied by the owner, you know, it could either be vacant or it could be a rental property. Those are more interesting uh, in my opinion. Or if um, there's a code violation and uh, there's another uh, another lien on the property, such as an HOA lien, or if they're delinquent on taxes and there's a code violation, you know, so the idea is when you start to look at multiple um, motivations, uh, code violations can help you, you know, can help you whittle down um, and, and kind of narrow your focus um, on, on, on uh, people who might own real estates. Uh, they're not taking care of the property very well. They could live outside of the state. Uh, so this is a good way to, to obtain leads um, for people who might not be in financial distress just yet, but who are uh, not so attached to the property per se. They're not emotionally attached to the property. So they might be more willing to part with the property at a discount. So um, definitely check out the code violations. We offer it for all the major cities and all the major metro areas. One thing to note here is that every city is slightly different. So there's no standardization across all the counties as to what are the different code violations, you know, what are the uh, criteria for um, citing someone on a code violation. So it varies from city to city. Uh, so I recommend just getting familiar with uh, the cities that you're in and seeing what different violations there are in that city. But again, the main categories are basically involving uh, some kind of structural issue with the property, uh, trash or maintenance of the property, you know, overgrown grass. Another category would be if the homeowner is doing work without a permit. Uh, so I, I usually don't bother with that, um, with that type of code violation. I focus on the, the maintenance and the kind of structural violations. So that's code violations. Um, so the last set of um, off-market leads we'll talk about, these are delinquent taxes and the tax foreclosure list. So to be clear, we're talking about uh, property taxes. We're not talking about um, federal um, or IRS related taxes. We're talking about property taxes with the county. So someone who is on the delinquent tax um, off-market lead list, this is someone who has not paid property bills, uh, property tax bills with the county. Uh, and that is, uh, that is public information. So um, we, you can pull that list of everyone who has uh, unpaid taxes. And uh, it's up to the county though, um, as far as how long a property has to go delinquent on the taxes before the county will actually foreclose on the property. So you can think of the delinquent tax list kind of like um, an early an early lead to the, those people who will end up on the tax foreclosure list. 
Um, but what I will say about the delinquent tax list is similar to the code violation list, it is a very, very large list. I think in Travis County, there are about eight or 9,000 people on the delinquent tax list when I last checked. But that doesn't mean you've got 9,000 people who are going to sell their property at a discount. Um, their levels of motivation are going to be widely different. It depends on how much they owe and then how long that has gone for. And there are some other, some other caveats as well. Um, uh, there are ways that you can defer your payment of property taxes here in Texas if you meet certain criteria. For example, if you're over 65 and you have homestead exemption, you can defer your property tax payments until you die. So your estate has to take care of it or until the property is sold. So there are some other considerations there. Um, we can definitely let me know if you're interested in hearing more about that. Uh, we can, you can reach out to me. We can talk about that in a bit more detail. Uh, but suffice it to say that uh, not everyone on the delinquent taxes list is going to be motivated. So you need to know how to filter that list and filter by two main things I would say is the amount that they owe and how long it's gone unpaid for. So if someone only owes $200 since last year's taxes, that's not really motivating. So you can take our list and you can filter it, for example, for people who have owed maybe owed 3000 or more um, over you know, two or two years or more. So there's, uh, with our leads, we provide uh, a way for you to filter the list accordingly so you can kind of narrow it down to people who are probably more motivated than the others. And then as far as the people who are not as motivated, these are people, again, that you might want to um, stay in touch with over time. Maybe they're not motivated now, but in a year, they're, they're gonna get another tax bill and that's just going to increase their motivation. So there's lots of potential with these leads, even if there isn't an immediate um, short-term motivation, these could turn into motivated sellers in, you know, in the upcoming months. So with the delinquent tax list, um, um, the next list is the tax foreclosure list, and these are leads in which uh, the homeowner has gone delinquent for long enough uh, that the county decides to foreclose on them. Um, so I don't know what the criteria is for how long uh, or you know, how the county decides when to foreclose on people. If anyone has any insight onto that, I would love to hear it. All I know is that it's, it varies widely um, from county to county how aggressive they are in pursuing tax foreclosures. Um, I don't see a pattern to it. Again, if you have any insight on that, I'd love to hear from you in the chat window. Uh, but essentially, that the tax foreclosure list is a list of people uh, who have not paid the property taxes and the county has decided to file a lawsuit to foreclose on them. Um, and that lawsuit has gone through the court, you know, the court proceedings, and they've already scheduled uh, for that property to be sold at the tax auction. So that's another list you can work. Um, this is kind of uh, the last step before the homeowner loses the house um, at the foreclosure auction. So these people should be much, much, much more motivated than uh, people who are just on the delinquent tax list. Okay. So that is a wrap on the, the off-market leads that we offer. Um, so definitely uh, I'm going to 
uh, start to wrap up the, the presentation here in the next couple of minutes. But if you've got any other questions, please, please, please type it into the chat window now. Um, so um, Elver asked if it's possible to provide a lead that belongs on two or more of the lists. Okay, so for example, pre-foreclosures and the liens list. So we do provide a pretty uh, easy way for you to do that on your own. So in all, almost all of our lead types, we provide um, at the very right-hand side of our, of our list, we provide a property ID. Uh, so you can cross-reference against all these lead types. So you could look up you know, the, this particular property on the foreclosure list, you could look at its property ID and then search the other list to see if that property ID shows up on those lists. Then you know that, okay, I've got something here that's pre-foreclosure plus, um, plus leads. So that is the way you can do that and kind of stack the lists um, and, um, and kind of filter, you know, because we provide in, in one county that every month there's about um, eight or 9,000 leads uh, of motivated sellers. So I think you're absolutely asking the right question here. How can I filter that down to, you know, the 100 or the 200 that I really want to focus on? Uh, a good way to do that is to see who is on multiple lists. And uh, the, the way to do that technically is just to use a spreadsheet, use that property ID we offer, and then cross-reference that property ID against all the other spreadsheets. Um, okay, so that being said, um, let me just wrap up here and give you um, the next steps on how you can um, how you can work these off market leads and leverage them to uh, to grow your business. So again, with the off market leads, uh, these are all uh, for the most part um, for all the time sensitive leads. Uh, we are updating these on a daily basis. Uh, granted, for certain lead types like probate right now, uh, given the shutdown, we might not be able to live up to that, um, that uh, daily update, but we do what we can in the current situation. I can say that our foreclosure leads, uh, the loan modifications, the divorce lists, uh, the liens, these are all across Texas still being updated on a daily basis um, as the leads come in from the county. So we're pulling the data directly from the court documents so you don't have to do that. And trust me, it is a pain to have to mine this information yourself. I used to do that before I got involved with Real Estate IQ and it is a huge pain in the butt to do that. Uh, so when you look at all the different lead types, you can go out and you can kind of purchase the list separately. You can purchase a foreclosure list from someone, you can purchase a probate list from someone else. Um, you can add up all the lists. It's, there's a lot of value. It, it costs about $2,000 a month to get these lists from separate sources and kind of um, aggregate it all together, which we do for you. Thank you all so much for being here. Happy deal finding. I hope you stay safe, uh, stay healthy in, these, uh, in this time. For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.